Hey there, and welcome to Now on Netflix, the podcast that gives you all the behind-the-scenes scoop from your favorite streaming service. We're the only official What to Watch podcast coming to you from inside the Netflix headquarters. I'm your host, Henry Goldblatt, executive editor of Todoom.com, Netflix's site made for and dedicated to fans. We've got a really special episode for you today, the second part of our fall preview. We're going to be diving deep into some of the most notable documentaries and unscripted shows coming to you this fall. First up, I'm here with one of my favorite colleagues, Connie Wang, who's an editor here at Todoom.com, who's going to talk all things documentaries. Welcome, Connie. Hi, Henry. Thank you so much for coming. It's great to have you here. It's so fun to be here. First time on Now on Netflix. That's right. You are the expert in documentaries and unscripted programming. So before we dive into what's coming out this fall, I want to pick your brain a little bit. What are the types of docs you enjoy the most? Like, what do you turn on when you're home and maybe having a glass of wine and after you put the kid to bed? Oh, yeah. I love any documentaries about subcultures. So the wackier, the more unheard of, the more intense, the better. I also love a documentary that takes place at the state fair. I know it's a very niche subject, but anything that uh, takes place in a competition setting with regular normal folks, I'm all in. I don't think we have any sort of weird like lifestyle documentaries coming out this fall. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, The first one that we're going to talk about, though, is a biopic about soccer superstar David Beckham. You mean football, Henry. Exactly. Excuse me. How U.S.-centric of me. Yeah. So Beckham is going to be coming out on October 4th, and it is a doc series about the one and only David Beckham. I know him as Mr. Posh Spice. I mean, I think a lot of my peers, perhaps you, know him as like just like the front page of every tablet for maybe a decade plus. But of course, he was an amazing football player. Um, And this doc series really digs into his professional life, his private life, and it's also his current life in really, really intimate detail. I think that you're going to be really surprised to see what makes him tick, just sort of the the innocence that this man has and his takes on everything from raising children to his obsessive compulsive disorder. The home that he keeps is meticulous. There is one scene that captures his dining room table and the candles are just lined up in the straightest row you've ever seen. And that uh, personally fascinated me. And he's approaching 50 years old now at this point, which I think of him as like a 25-year-old soccer star in like Calvin Klein ads or whatever fashion ads he was doing. How much insight do you get into the marriage between him and Victoria? A lot. Victoria is interviewed extensively in it, and she comes out as such a protector of David Beckham's. Um, He is such a gentle soul, almost to a fault at times. Uh, There were times when I was just yelling at my TV set, just like, speak up for yourself, stand up for yourself. But Posh really does that on behalf of both of them. It's incredible uh, the amount of detail that you get in this docuseries. So if you're a fan of his, if you're a fan of hers, you're going to really get what you what you came for with Beckham. Do they break the news that we're going to get a Spice Girls reunion? You know what? I don't remember that, um, <laughs> Doc. But at this point, I want to say that all five Spice Girls have made their way into Netflix doc series. And for anyone who is a completist out there, I know you exist. I'd like for you to find them all. Can you give us a clue, Connie? Don't leave us hanging completely. Well... Drive to Survive has one very, very exceptional one. Um, And actually, in Beckham, two of them appear. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. You can find Beckham on Netflix on October 4th. We've got another biopic coming out on a completely, completely, (laughs) couldn't be more different subject um, in the form of Sly Stallone, who, of course, is remembered for Rocky and Rambo. And that's coming out on November 3rd. What is this biopic like? How is it different than Beckham? Yeah, uh, Sly, which is a documentary about the life and professional life of Sylvester Stallone, is similar to 
Arnold Schwarzeneggers, if anyone saw the doc series earlier this year, but it couldn't be more different at the same time. Anyone knows anything about Sly, it's probably through Rocky and Rambo, two of his most iconic films that um, he wrote and created. And what I think struck me, and I, and I always knew that Sly had an incredible history, just like an unbelievable backstory. But what I didn't really understand until I watched Sly was just how much of a poet he is and an intellectual and also a philosopher on life. It's so amazing hearing one of the most captivating and compelling and charismatic people on the planet talk about what he thinks cinema should be, what art should be, how a life should be led. It was like listening to a master talk. And this is a doc film, I think, that any, if you're a fan of Rambo and if you're a fan of Rocky, you really can't miss it. But if you're just a fan of hearing someone who's a master of his craft really talk about his life, I think it's, it's one to watch. How much does it get into his family life? Um, some people may know his daughters because they do the reality show circuit. So you may have seen them on various programming. Are they interviewed here? Are they featured? His daughters are briefly interviewed. I will say that part of the documentary captures Sly in the process of a move. He upends his life in his uh, elder age, um, and he does it for the most Sly reason possible. I can't get over that he's been doing this for 50 years already. Like, that's insane. Are they interweaving clips from Rambo and Rocky, and so you get to revisit all these films that are so amazing and that you may love? And so iconic. They do. And he tells stories about these films that haven't been told before, and you're hearing directly from him about the, the toll that it took on his body, like the physical toll, the mental toll, also the toll on his relationships um, in his own family. He had a really tough upbringing, and that's not something I really realized. And uh, he really goes into detail um, in Sly. What was his upbringing like? Tough really tough. He was in and out of foster care. Um, he was raised in, I think, Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan. His father was a cosmetologist and his mother was a wrestler. So the roles were really, uh, I think, professional roles, roles were really reversed. But his father was incredibly tough on him, very abusive, and had a really lasting impact and influence on him for his entire life, even into adulthood. Sly is fighting his way onto Netflix on November 3rd. It sounds just terrific. And it sounds like the filmmakers got amazing access to, which is always important in these biopics. Next up is Life on Our Planet comes out October 25th. Connie, what is this one about? This is done by the premier production studio for all things nature. It's Silverback Studios. They're responsible for all of the Our Planet series. Um, and they worked with Steven Spielberg to tell the story of the Earth and the species that existed on it and who survived since the very, very beginning. So if you're going to look at this a little bit pessimistically and morbidly, it's about the five extinction events that the Earth has undergone. But if you're going to look at it optimistically, it's about the five species who survived these extinction events and why they survived and how they did it. Anyone who is a fan of Steven Spielberg and Jurassic Park, you're going to love the technology that went into creating these species. Of course, there's dinosaurs that are involved in this. But then there are these species that you've never seen before and you've never seen them like this before. It is a wild watch. And I encourage you, if you're a contemplating buying a bigger TV, this is a great reason to do it because I watched it on my biggest screen TV and it was just like, I was like gripping the edge of my couch. It was an amazing, amazing watch. Connie, the narrator of this documentary is very notable and someone whose voice we recognize immediately. Tell us about that. It is uh, the voice of God himself, Morgan Freeman. There's something that happens when Morgan Freeman lends his touch to anything. It's just like you want someone like him to be narrating survival um, and who, who survives and how they survive, it creates this sort of epic feeling that it, it really makes an impression. Life on Our Planet comes to Netflix in all its cinematic glory on October 25th. 
We're going to move on from the earth to demonic possession on a documentary called The Devil on Trial, which is coming out October 17th. Connie, what's this one about? So did you know, Henry, that um, there has been one legal case in America where someone tried to say that uh, it was the devil who made him do it, it being a murder. So the devil on trial tells the story of what happened when a family um, experienced what they said was demonic possession um, of some of their family members. And the outcome of this alleged demonic possession was a murder that was committed. Just to add a couple more twists onto this, Lorraine and Ed Warren, who some of you might know from The Conjuring, they're a real life couple who um, made demonic possession and uh, sort of like that, that that entire world, um, a real thing in the 70s, they were also involved in telling this family story and also the court case. So this was very much in the news in the 1970s. But this is a doc series that you kind of have to watch. It's perfect for spooky season. How scary is it? I'm a huge wuss. And okay. I was able to watch it. I did have a blanket over me. So that is one big caveat. But I was able to get through it. So, you know, on a scale of one to 10, maybe, a, ooh, gosh, <laughs> For what type of access do the documentarians have? Every single one of the family members, even the ones who were a bit more on the fence about whether this was true or not. What happened to this family was really incredible. It really tore them apart. Um, and it, it, as much as it is a story about this like spooky thing that may or may not have happened, it's also a story about what a family goes through when they're pushed to the brink. Um, and you hear directly from every single one of them who's currently alive. And how do they handle the court proceedings themselves? Do they have court transcripts or were the cameras in the courtroom at the time? There is footage from the possessions themselves, but there were no cameras within the courtrooms. Um, but you hear from the uh, lawyers involved, you hear from the the person who was on trial even. But no, there, were, there weren't cameras in the courtroom, but there were definitely cameras in the living room um, when the younger son, who was the first possessed, was experiencing what he experienced. Start streaming The Devil on Trial on October 17th. Okay, Connie, let's move on from a legal thriller to a little bit of more explosive documentary. It's called Stamp from the Beginning. It's coming out November 15th, and it poses some really provocative, interesting questions. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this is a documentary that is based on the best-selling book, Stamp from the Beginning, um, by Professor Ibram X. Kendi. I actually read it in 2016 when it came out. I heard him speak on public radio and was so sort of struck by his thesis and moved by what he was talking about. And he presented something that felt, at least to me, extremely novel at the time, that like racist ideas are not the first step in racist policies, but it was actually racist policies that were implemented by people who wanted to maintain and hold on to their power that led to the development of racist ideas. The sort of like um, relationship between those things are actually flipped, which I think is probably different than how a lot of us think about it. For sure. And so how does this documentary unfold? Yeah. So it is an adaptation of the book. And so it goes through sort of very pivotal moments in American history with this understanding how uh, America, racist American systems and policies actually created the um, sort of uh, understanding of racism that we have in America and just revisiting these past events through this new lens. And we get to hear from Dr. Kenny himself, and he is a phenomenal speaker. Speaker, one of the most brilliant minds, I think, of this generation. If you liked reading How to Be an Anti-Racist, this is a, a doc that's really going to speak to you. This is a really nice companion piece. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. You can start streaming the acclaimed documentary, Stamp from the Beginning, on November 15th. 
Connie, I feel like we've gone through something for everybody at this point. We've got some biopics. We've got some stuff that'll make you think. We've got a legal slash horror thriller. Nothing that takes place at the state fair, but I'm holding out hope for next year. Connie, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Henry. Next up, we're going to shift focus to reality shows. And to do that, I'm excited to have our special guest here, to Doom.com writer Cole Delbick, who is an expert in all things unscripted. Cole, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Henry. Thanks for having me back. Good to have you back. Thanks. I'm excited to dig into all things reality with you. Yeah, we've got a lot of reality coming out on Netflix this fall. And I'm going to start with the creme de la creme, which is Love is Blind season five. Cole, take us back for those people who may have missed seasons one through four. You're just jumping into five. First of all, can you just jump into five? And secondly, what's the premise of this show? You absolutely can jump into five. There's a whole new cast of characters, so there's no baked-in knowledge that you need. But zooming out, the premise of this show is a group of singles who are tired of modern dating or trying an unconventional approach to love. The one rule is that you cannot see the person you were dating before you get engaged. So they have long, meaningful conversations in pods that are soundproofed, and they speak through a glowing blue wall and form a connection solely based on emotions and personality before a big reveal shows who they've actually been talking to, and then they test their emotional connection in the real world and love, chaos, mess ensues. One of the headlines here is that there are two people named Jared. So take us into this season. Yes, the crown jewel is back uh, with a new group of singles, including two Jareds. And this time they are based in Houston, Texas. The first batch of episodes hits on Friday. So get your weekend plans in order. Um, You know, what really stands out to me about this season are the pods. And we know them to be very chaotic and dramatic, but we have a few series first going down in the pods before anyone gets engaged. So expect a lot of twists and turns and heartbreaks before anyone goes on a honeymoon or walks down the altar. And, you know, I think I didn't expect to become so engaged with the friendships between the men and women in the pods as I did the romantic relationships that were being forged. So a lot to expect in these first batch of episodes. Cole, one of my favorite videos that we have ever done for Todoom.com is going to be in support of season five of this show, and which we've asked people to draw their prospective partners. Um, Tell us about that. It's insane and amazing. Yes. Prepare for some absolute masterpieces coming to to Doom on Friday. So after this cast of couples gets engaged, we ask them to draw a portrait of what they think their potential soulmate looks like. And remember, all they're going off on is someone's voice and maybe a few sort of physical appearance details that they've dropped during the conversations. And, you know, we don't expect anyone to be Picasso's here, but the drawings that I have seen come out of these pods are shocking. Actually, many of them are Picasso's because it's like a nose where an ear should be and an eye where a mouth should be. So actually, I thought that was a pretty apt comparison. You're right. In later periods. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, one of them thinks that their partner is going to have hair and then he's bald. It's just, it's a chaotic, hilarious video that I I can't wait for everyone to see, especially the couples themselves, because imagine getting engaged and then you see what someone drew of you. It's like a recipe for disaster. That was a tough reveal for the woman who thought her fiance had hair and he was bald. I could tell that she was taken aback a little bit. It was tough. It It was was a tough reveal. I want to talk about what is perhaps the most highly anticipated Netflix reality show coming out this fall. It is Squid Game The Challenge. I got to be honest, I 
devoured three episodes of this last night and absolutely loved it. And it reminds me of early seasons of Survivor, to be perfectly honest, because it's so chaotic. You don't know what challenges are coming. They do a very good job, even if they are 456 contestants, of diving deep into a few people's stories so you get to know them and you're rooting for them. But before we even go there, Cole, tell us a little bit about the premise. Yeah. So, you know, from the cash prize to the scale to the stakes of the series, it's just unlike any reality show you have ever seen. So, of course, it's based on Squid Game, the hit uh, series on Netflix. Um, and it's amazing how they translate the spirit and the details from that show into the dormitories, the actual games. Um, it's just a wild, wild experience. So, as you mentioned, there are 456 players competing for $4.56 million. This is the largest cash prize in reality TV history. Of course, it's also very different from Squid Game, the series, because the tone is very different and the only thing they're at risk of really is losing money. Um, but I think both fans of the original show and people maybe who didn't watch it or were turned off maybe by the violence or how brutal it was at times are going to enjoy this just as much. Uh, it's a perfect entry point for newbies. And then also fans of the show are just going to lose their mind over these Easter eggs. And as you said, the personalities and the people they get to play, their stories are so compelling and why they want to win the prize money is so compelling. It's just fun and brutal. And yes, I cried during the Marvel Challenge. As I said, it really reminded me of early seasons of Survivor because the chaotic nature, you don't know what's going to happen next. Not that they are doing this at all, but it feels like the show is being made on the fly a little bit, like in the best possible way, because it feels very spontaneous. And the spectacle of 456 people living in bunk beds and like quadruple decker bunk beds in one big room was something I will not forget anytime soon. I know what you mean. I would just start to get attached to a character and then it's like, oh, no, they're gone. Like, did you have that same sort of feeling? Absolutely. And that's why I thought the storytelling was so fantastic and powerful. The producers did a very good job here. Um, this is going to unfold over 10 episodes. It is going to premiere in November and we can't wait for you to see it. Speaking of survival, Cole, tell me about Surviving Paradise, another high profile show coming to Netflix. Yes. Yeah, so Surviving Paradise is on its way. It's sort of this delicious mix of some of my favorite reality TV shows and genres. You mentioned Survivor, and, and this has a bit of a Survivor DNA with a group of people living out in the wilderness trying to survive together. But then also it's giving a little Love Island and Big Brother because the crux of the game is that you are trying to build alliances and win challenges so you can live in a luxury villa that is not too far from the deep, deep wilderness. And so the game is all about how can I get into this life of luxury? And, you know, I love nothing more than a reality TV villain. And this show has some of the best people in that department I've ever seen who just are laser focused on the cash prize and will do anything to get into the villa. So it's a really fun watch. And I think fans of Survivor and some of these other shows will love the sort of twist on the formula. Is there a layer of romance on the show? Because you mentioned Love Island. You know what? There is. There <laughs> is. There is a quite an unexpected romance that occurs and in a shockingly quick amount of time, which I think is also very Love Islandy, I assume. But, you know, they are trapped in a villa together. So it's only natural that feelings would arise. So Surviving Paradise is premiering in October. And if you're a fan of like outdoorsiness or luxury villas, you'll want to check that out. 
We're going to close with one of Cole and my favorite series, Selling Sunset, which is returning for season seven this fall. And when we left our gals and guys from Selling Sunset, they had just had an explosive trip to Palm Springs. There was a drug accusation, then a drug test. There was fertility struggles. There's been everything on season six. Um, Why don't you tee up season seven for us? Yes, the girl is really delivered. Um, and this is very much a companion piece to season six. These two are filmed back to back. So a lot of the storylines and relationship arcs that started in season six will get some closure uh, in this new season. I think the thing that really drew me in was we get more Mary Lou this season. Jason's now ex-girlfriend, who's a German model who majored in economics. I can't stop thinking about her. And so she gets into the mix, has a little tussle with Chriselle. And it's sort of fun to watch that storyline play out, knowing that, unfortunately, the relationship does not last. The other element that I really loved is we continue to see a more activated Chriselle. You mentioned the drug allegation at that Palm Springs dinner, and she brings that energy into the new season. And, and she is sort of a beef with an unexpected person. I won't spoil who, but someone she calls a friend. And, and that fuels a lot of the back half of the season. So they continue to deliver. And I both hate watch and love watching Nicole, who is one of the newest real estate agent, who was basically kept in the basement for six seasons. And then they brought her upstairs to be on Selling Sunset. And she has all the feral energy of someone who's been kept in a basement for six seasons that just explodes onto everyone. And it's kind of insane. And she is the one who, um, when accused of being on drugs goes to take a drug test. Yes, they brought her out just in time from the basement. You know, she came in so strong in season six, and we get a little bit of a better picture of who this person is. We meet her husband. We see a little bit more of her home life. So it's a nice sort of balance to be like, oh, this is a real person who has been here for this whole time. It sort of delivers on the promise of she's here to create a lot of drama, but we also want to get to know and root for these women and understand them. And so it, it gives a nice balance to her arc, I will say. But yes, she was at the O Group from the beginning, was one of the founding agents. But, you know, it's just been in the background scheming and plotting this whole time. Are the women serving fashions this season? Oh, unlike no other. I will say Brie, the, the newest agent who joined season six, really steps into the spotlight this year with the fashions. There's another trip to Cabo on the heels of the selling OC trip to Cabo that... You know, we see some beach moments and it, it goes just about as badly as the Selling OC trip went. So much to look forward to there. I am loving that the Selling franchise has adopted the cast trip as a way to create drama. It is chef's kiss gold. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Absolutely no notes. Always <laughs> go to Cabo. That's going to do it for this episode of Now on Netflix. Cole, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Henry. And thank you to Connie Wang, our previous guest. Um, you can find this podcast every Thursday at your friendly neighborhood podcast store. And that will do it for this week. Take care. <laughs>